0: On this podcast, Pastor Moody brings us a message entitled, The Authority of the Believer. His scripture text to be taken from the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. Here now, Pastor Moody.
1: I want you to go with me. I, I, Dave, I'm going to Acts chapter 9, and I'll just start at verse 1 and, and following. Um. Uh, I was this morning in the first service I preached from the book of Isaiah, so this is just completely what something impromptu that I feel like the Lord is is saying to me. And uh, in Acts chapter 9, the Bible said in Saul, this is Saul of Tarsus, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went to Jerusalem to the high priest and desired of him letters... Now, some translations say desired of him authority. He wanted authority. amen. or letters to Damascus, to the synagogue, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly, I want you to notice this, he came to his target area. He came to where he intended to do harm to the Christians, to the body of Christ. And when he got to where he thought he was going to wreak havoc, breathing out threatenings, put God's people in bondage, the Bible said, suddenly there shined a light, round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus. Glory. I am Jesus. <laughs> I am Jesus. <laughs> when thou persecutors, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks or the ox goads or the way God is forcing you to go. And he trembling and astonished said, what's this? Lord. He said, Lord. What would you have me to do? And the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told you what you must do. He went desiring authority, but he came under authority. It'll be told you what you must do. Father, thank you for the word of God, for the move of the Spirit this morning. Use us, God, for a few moments that we might represent you well that somebody's life might be changed, that somebody might be made free. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You can be seated. As we were worshiping there just a little while ago, and God began to move, the words of the Psalms, the words of the prophecies, the testimonies that came forth from the pulpit, I believe God began to talk about The authority that he puts in the lives of believers. Authority to pull down mountains. Who are you, great mountain that you shouldn't bow down? Zechariah said. Who are you? Those chains that try to hold us and try to defeat us. There's something about authority. The Bible said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you shall receive power. The word power there, there's two words for power in the Greek. One is dunamis or dynamite, the explosiveness of God. The other one is exousia, it represents authority. You shall receive authority after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you'll be witnesses to me. You'll go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth, and you'll carry the word of God with authority. I want you to notice something here. Saul of Tarsus, he had been instrumental in persecuting the church. If you know your Bible, you know that when they stoned Stephen to death, he was standing there consenting. He was standing there, in other words, he was part of the Sanhedrin. He was empowering the people to pick up the stones and kill the man of God, and he even held the garments of those that threw the stones, Amen. allowing them, uh, in other words, consenting that they could do what they endeavored to do. And when we find him here, he comes to Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, he goes to the high priest and he desires authority. When I contrast this to the end of chapter 8, in chapter 8, the Bible said Philip is down in Samaria and he's preaching a revival. And the whole town, Philip, this man who was one of those seven, they chose to be deacons. And he was filled with the Holy Ghost and full of wisdom. And he went down Samaria preaching and the whole town got saved in this city and people were getting baptized, and miracles were happening. He had a citywide revival going, and then God speaks to him to leave there. I'm talking about authority. I'm talking about power. I'm talking about the ability to accomplish something for God, and he's in the middle of a red-hot revival, no, a white-hot revival, and God sends him into the wilderness, and while Saul is going to Jerusalem, there's a eunuch that's coming from Jerusalem. I read this and it just kind of leaped in my spirit because Saul went there looking for authority. And if you look at the last verse of, 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 of chapter 8, or, or back in chapter 8, it says, let me back up farther than that. It said that this eunuch... Amen, in chapter, 20, chapter 8, verse 27. There it said, He arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, under Candace the queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure. He was a man of power and of authority. But notice this. Saul goes to Jerusalem looking for authority. This man with authority comes to Jerusalem, and the last part of that verse says, to worship. Are you with me? He came to worship. He came seeking God. We know what worship is. Worship is more than just singing, worship is submission worship is coming under the anointing of God to receive power from God to see favor to receive healings and blessings and salvation and the anointing the authority to carry this gospel I wish somebody would hear me and the Bible said while that he was in that desert place <clears throat> he's journeying back to Ethiopia he serves the queen he's been made a eunuch in other words he's been, in, he's been rendered completely unfruitful as far as being reproductive but He doesn't realize what God Is about to do in his life Because while he's riding in his chariot Suddenly there comes this evangelist Who has left this citywide revival Under the direction of the Holy Spirit And he comes down And he sees him riding in the chariot And he's reading Isaiah the prophet And he's reading out loud And he's reading he was wounded For our transgressions And bruised for our iniquities And the chastisement of our peace Was upon him And says, says, uh, do you understand what you're reading? And he invites him up into the chariot and says, how can I except some men guide me? So here I have one man that went to Jerusalem looking for authority to try to destroy and try to, to tear down. But here's another man who's been to Jerusalem to worship. He's been to Jerusalem to submit under the mighty power of God. And while he's riding along and the word of of God's been, he's reading it suddenly God sends a man to bring a revelation of what he's trying to find and he says who's he talking about, about himself the prophet here or is he talking about somebody else and what he didn't understand was he came to Jerusalem, amen, to worship under that Judea law and Saul went to Jerusalem trying to strengthen the hold of that Judea law and the midst of all of that, Jesus was the answer for both of these men. Are you hearing me? I've come to tell you, I hear God saying, if you'll come to worship, I'll bring you into my presence. I'll reveal my truth to you. I'll tear down your strongholds. I'll bring you out of bondage. I'll set you free. Oh, come on, somebody. There's something about real worship that liberates the child of God. Give him praise if you would. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Whoa, oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. One man's on his way trying to do harm. Mm. But the other one's been to worship. And it says about the eunuch in chapter 8, it says, amen, he was returning. He was on his way back. He was sitting in his chariot. Listen, this was a man of prominence. This was a man, can I say it, of authority. He was the national treasure of Ethiopia. Do you hear what I'm telling you? But he's been to worship God. And all of a sudden, there's a man comes from God with the word and begins to open up the truth to him. I've come to tell somebody today you may have come here from who knows what and who knows where I don't know what's happened to you to make you feel powerless to make you feel impotent but you've come into the place where there's a man named Jesus where the Holy Ghost is revealing that there's liberty there's deliverance there's help in the name of the Lord hallelujah give him praise if you would <laughs> In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible says in the Gospel of Luke that Jesus, Amen, went into a synagogue to teach down in Nazareth. And it said that while he was there, that there were learned doctors, there were scholars that came from that area. The scripture even says they came from as far as Jerusalem, they came from other countries. Because the word of what Jesus was doing had spread. And they came into the synagogue to hear him teach. I love this. It's almost, like, it's almost like God kind of takes them by surprise. They're coming to hear teaching. They're coming to get some understanding. They're coming to see if this guy's real. But then it just says in Luke's gospel, but the power of the Lord was present to heal. <laughs> oh, listen. Disabilities and inabilities only empower the ability of Jesus, can you say amen? While they're there listening to him teach. Your Bible says that there was a man with a palsy carried by four. And when they got there, the crowd was so great that they couldn't get into the room. So they went up on the roof and started tearing off the tiles. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. And by when they got the roof tore off, your scripture says they let him down to where Jesus was. Are you hearing me today? I believe what God is saying, what he said through Sarah, what he said through Brooke, amen, what he's saying through Bridget. God's Saying, I know who you are. I know where you've been. I know what you've been through. I don't know who brought you. I don't know who invited you. I don't know who carried you in. But what's important is if you couldn't get through the door, if they had to tear off the roof, the important thing is you have come to where Jesus is. You have come to the presence of God. And Jesus just looked at him and said, Your sins be forgiven. And the religious crowd said, who can do this but God? And so Jesus just said, so you can know that I've got authority, amen, He says, "Amen to forgive sin. Then he looked at him and said, take up your bed. <laughs> get up, get up, get up in Jesus' name. I want somebody to hear me. There's something about the authority that God's wanting you to understand today. Oh, listen, you might say, well, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I heard this just now in my spirit. God said there's people for too long have looked for a preacher to lay hands on you. And that's all right when, it, when it's that time. God said you've looked for somebody to speak a word over you. And that's all right when it's that time. But God said what well, I want you to understand today that the word is nigh thee. It's even in your mouth. And rabo shate. Woo! it's the word of faith and when you say it glory it releases the authority of Jesus in your life (laughs) I've been to worship that's what that man could say and while I was returning I can almost hear that old eunuch riding along Read Isaiah fifty three he was wounded. He was bruised, he was chasing for a peace where the stripes were healed, and I, I could almost see him riding back saying, I went to worship. I went looking for something I didn't get anything. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Maybe the angel didn't come down to slow and pool and trouble the water for him. Come on, somebody, anybody know what I'm saying <laughs> Now, maybe Peter and John didn't look at him and say silver and gold have I none but such as I have he, he left from there in that chariot gale not knowing why he didn't get what he wanted oh, 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 shatita, I feel like telling somebody you've walked down a lonely painful road long enough and the enemy said God ain't gonna move I feel like Philip today come to tell you who the prophet was talking about he wasn't talking about himself he was talking talking about a Jesus that was beaten at the whipping post, that was nailed to a cross, whose side was pierced, whose blood and water poured out, who gave up the ghost, who went to a grave, who got up three days later, sent back the Holy Ghost, and he's trying to tell you today, just speak the word. Say the name. Say it with me, say Jesus. Say out loud, say Jesus. I dare you to say, heal me, Lord. Heal. Say, restore me, Lord. Restore. Strengthen me, Lord. Oh, why don't you just hold off and say, bless me, Lord. <laughs> bless me, Jesus. Brother Dallas Alexander was my one of my mentors. Great man of God, great preacher. Dallas had a, a friend up in Ohio. His name was Jim Borp not a bad name to pack around Borp. and uh, he said we went to a revival meeting one night in Dallas said brother Moody said I was in the dry season I'd been in for a long time said it seemed like nothing was happening couldn't get a prayer through God wasn't moving said seemed like my, my singing Dallas could sing man he would worship he said like my words my preaching fell to the floor he said it was a trial I didn't know what was going on and he said, me and Jim Borup went to a meeting one night and said, he invited me to go with him and said we went in, and said they took us down front and they set us on the front row. And Dallas said, after a while that meeting got to going and said the Holy Ghost hit and said, they is a bucking and jumping. They is running, they is twirling around, they is shouting. Said the power's all over that place. And said there, me and Borup set. Said wasn't nothing happening. Said I wasn't getting nothing. And said Borup, every now and he would raise up his hand and say, Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. He said, there we sit. Bless Him, Lord. And after a while, Dallas looked at him and said, Hush. <laughs> don't say bless them, Lord. How about bless us, Lord? How about bless me, Lord? Come on, somebody. I'm here to tell you you don't have to wait to get somebody else's favor. <laughs> Whoa, I said it's in your mouth If you'll just begin that old, that old eunuch begin to say Amen I went to worship But while I was on my way back home After I'd worship God After I'd come seeking him He came to me Are you hearing me We're in a day now I feel the Lord saying I want my people to know This is the hour That I'm gonna come to you This is the hour That when you say a thing amen with your mouth I will make it happen says the Lord hallelujah we are in a place where God is letting us understand authority can you say amen one man's coming from worship the other man's trying to stop worship now when you read Saul's pedigree A Hebrew of Hebrews, a Roman citizen, a member of the Sanhedrin, touching the law, he said, blameless. You couldn't fault him in the Old Testament covenant. He kept every sacrifice. He paid every offering. He did everything required. But how many knows he would later write and say, what the law couldn't do. (laughs) Yippee, I met a man on the road to Damascus that could. I don't know if y'all are getting this way. It's it's a rolling over in me. I I tried the law. I tried to keep it. I had the Christian stone. I consented at Stephen's death. I went to Jerusalem not to worship, but to tell the high priest, I'm your man. You want to shut this Christianity thing down? You want to nail the coffin on the name Jesus? I'm your man, amen. And I tell you, there's been a lot of despots down through the years. There's been a lot of Herod's, Hamans, and Hitler's that thought they would Stop the move of God. Are you hearing me? Voltaire in France. Amen. He boasted and said, by the time I die, there will not be another Bible left in all of Europe. And do you know today the house where that man lived is a publishing house that prints Bibles right out? Yippee, I'm here to tell you You can't do nothing with Jesus Governments can't stop him Rebellions have tried to stop him Are you hearing me? Amen In Venezuela they tried to shut him down But he's still Lord Can you say amen? And he said, Saul said I went there, I wanted letters I wanted authority I wanted to be the high priest Number one man But on the road to Damascus At the noonday sun A light shining. From heaven, brighter than that big sunball up in the sky, and knocked him off of his horse to the ground and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And for the first time in his life, he said, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus. God is saying to every depressing spirit, Every suicide spirit, every spirit that tells you, baby, you're worth nothing. Come on. Every spirit that says you're defeated, you're conquered, you can't get over your addiction, you'll never get past the feelings of low self-esteem and all the mess the world has brought on you. I just hear God looking and telling us and he's speaking to us and he's just saying, I am Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. I knelt one night at an altar. And I was a sinner. And I was going to hell and I deserved it. And I heard him say, I am Jesus. They said, when that baby was born, the angel spoke to Joseph and to Mary and said, you'll name him Jesus. Jesus. God had a way of messing things up you know when when Elizabeth and Zechariah had that baby and the uh you know, they were old, and Zechariah was struck blind in the temple, you know. And uh, then when he found out Elizabeth was with child, and he couldn't talk, and when the baby was born, they said, well, we're going to name him. Well, everybody thought they was going to say Zechariah 2 or Zechariah Jr. or, or, or Zechariah Ben something or other. And instead, he grabbed a, a slate board, and he wrote and said, his name is J-O-H-N, John. Why'd you do that? Because God told him to. His name's John, and and he was the forerunner. He came in the spirit and power of Elijah. He came and said, I'm not the bridegroom, but I'm the one that opens the door for him, praise God. I'm the one that tells you he's here. And then when Jesus was born and when, and when the Annunciation was made to Mary, you're going to conceive of the Holy Ghost and the power of the highest is going to come upon you. And Joseph was her husband, but you won't name him Joe Jr. You won't name him Joseph Ben some brother. You will name him Jesus. Well, why? Because Jesus means Savior. And he will save people. He saved me, Tommy. He saved you. Can I tell you, I was saved 42 years ago. Can I tell you, I'm being saved now from the influence of the world from the complications of the world, from the attacks of the devil, from the bondages the enemies tried to put on me. I'm, you're not the only one that's ever dealt with depression or fear or discouragement. You're not the only one. Listen, there's a lot of preachers that have had suicidal thoughts and felt like they're never gonna make it because of rejection and because their ministry you know, didn't become Jimmy Swaggart or Billy Graham. But I'm here to tell you, one day I heard Jesus say, but I am your savior. I am your Lord. And everything that's ever come. Come against me. All I've had to do is open my mouth and speak to the winds of adversity. That's like in that valley of dry bones. And all those dry bones was laying out there. And God looked at Ezekiel and said, can these bones live? (laughs) I love Ezekiel's answer. Been me, I said, no way, man. (laughs) But Ezekiel looked up and said, you know, Lord, that's a good answer. You know, when when God looks at you and says, you're going to come out of this, don't wring your hands and say, I ain't going to make it. I'm going to die, Show the world. No. Lord, it's in your hands. You know. So God said, Prophesy. And he said, I prophesied. The ground started shaking and the leg bone connected to the hip bone and the ankle bone connected to the foot bone and the head bone connected to the neck bone. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden there were skeletons laying there. And he said, look at there, a bunch of dead bones. And God said, prophesy. So I prophesied again and suddenly flesh and and nerves and arteries and muscles and skin. And there they was. They looked all good, but they still dead. And God said, now prophesy one more time to the wind. Whoosh. I spoke to the wind. Ezekiel said, as I was commanding, and suddenly the wind began to blow, and breath came into their bodies, and they stood back upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Are you hearing me? I've come to tell you that God, they thought Israel was dead. Will Rogers went to went to what they called Palestine in the, in the late 30s, and he said, a tumbleweed couldn't survive in that desolate place because it was under the curse of God for rejecting Christ. But when God Said in the fullness of time that Israel would become a nation in 1948. Amen. They signed that Balfour Declaration. Israel, the Jews began to gather back into the land. By 1967 they'd fought the Six Day War. They'd recaptured the old city of Jerusalem and can I tell you, Israel right now, according to the fulfillment of prophecy, blooms like a garden and the hive of fruit that you buy in the store comes from Israel. God has blessed those people. They're alive because of the prophecy of the word of God why are you persecuting me why are you resisting me some of you have been going through stuff and you, you're looking up saying why is this happening why is this going on in my life and all you need to do is lift up your voice and begin to say I am a child of God Speak to the wind, remind the wind, hear the power coming from my lips. I say, in the name, not of Owen Moody, not of Richmond House of Prayer, not of some great denomination. I say, in the name of Jesus. Say it with me one more time, in the name of Jesus. The glory of my latter house will be greater than the former doesn't matter what the devil's done. What matters is what God said. And God said, speak my name over your situation. Declare in the name of Jesus, I am healed. Declare in the name of Jesus, I am blessed. Declare in the name of Jesus, no weapon formed against me I'm rich in faith and hope and love. I've got more than my share. How about you? I'm moving to a mansion over in glory. You know why? Because I'm a rightful heir. I belong to the family. Jesus is my elder brother. I've been adopted. You know, Somebody was telling me one time they had an adopted child and said the child got a little bit older. And so they asked him, said, well, then, how come I got, why'd you, why am I in this family? He said, I, I'm not yours. And they said, well, the others, we just had to take what we could get, but we picked you. I want you to stand all over the church as Nick comes. Hallelujah to the music. Authority. Some of you watching on the Internet, I want to talk to you just a moment. I know we're living in the days of a pandemic, and we didn't know what that meant. We didn't understand what that was when those words began to be released over us. Some used it as a political pawn and as a toy, a tool to advance their, their agenda. Others described it as being nothing, and we found out before long it really was something. But I want to tell you this is not the first plague nor the first pandemic that has ever come along. Can I tell you, plagues have come and gone. Pandemics have come and gone. But Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. This has been a rough year, 2020 has. Got called last night, a little 97 and a half year old, saint of God, who attends this church pretty often with her family fell yesterday and broke her hip and she's in the hospital and they had to give her blood to stabilize her and, and, uh, but on the phone last night I heard victory in her voice as we prayed together and I've come to tell you that some of you've suffered great losses this year some of you have had to bury husbands and siblings and parents. But you hear this preacher. They're not lost when you know where they are. You hear me? They're not. You shouldn't say I lost them. You didn't lose them. We know where they are. They're in the arms of him. And he said, I am Jesus. I'm Savior. He didn't say, I'm some bishop or some elder or some preacher. He said, I am Jesus. And you can't hardly kick against the pricks, the ox goats. You go down to Damascus to a place called Straight Street. Come on, sometimes we got to get straight. And there I'll tell you what you must do. There are some things in the kingdom of God that are not electives. And I'm afraid that some people have let this pandemic become an excuse not to serve the Lord. He said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. And I've said from the beginning of this thing, if you don't feel safe or you feel like you're in jeopardy, I mean, you have to make up your own mind, but God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. And I've said this, if you're sick, Amen, and you've got symptoms. We we don't want you to come to church and spread that around, but we want you to say Jesus and believe God for healing. We're doing everything we can here to be safe and social distance and to sanitize, but the most important thing we're trying to do is be sanctified. We're trying to be right with God because he said, I am Jesus. I am Jesus how you deal with me will be according to the dictates of my word if you're going to be successful. Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus. I, I love reading about the conversion of Saul and who he became after that. One time there was a sheriff named Bar Jesus or Bar Jesus and there was a sorcerer there he began to try to take away from what Paul was doing and Paul just with authority looked at him and said you're full of the devil you're full of all sneakiness and subtility well those are, that's not good pulpit etiquette but when Paul got done with him he was blind and they had to lead him away Fear came upon the people and a harvest was brought in because Saul found what he went to Jerusalem looking for in the man Jesus. He found authority over the powers of darkness. God wants to move for you. God wants to move for you. God wants you to open your mouth and say, Jesus, heal me. Jesus, deliver me. Jesus, bless me. Jesus I'm here's here's one Jesus say it say Jesus I want everybody to say that out loud say Jesus I'm tired of being bankrupt bless me come on somebody bless me Jesus he wants to who are you I'm Jesus who are you I'm Jesus and I'm your answer I'm Emmanuel I'm God with you I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Speak the word. I want you to turn around and look at somebody and say, after today, tell them, look at them and say, after today, I'm gonna be the best me I've ever been. You know why? Because he's Jesus and he said I could be. I'm gonna say it again with his stripes. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. He was chastened for my peace. And with his stripes, I'm healed. Anybody believe that in the house? I hear him saying, I am Jesus. But Lord, I've been through this. Yeah, but I am Jesus. The Lord, it's been so bad. Yeah, but I am Jesus. After all, when it's all said and done, Chester, he says, I am Jesus. Y'all with me today? Raise up your hand and say, Jesus, you are Jesus. You are Lord. You are in control. And I do surrender to your authority. Empower me to overcome in the name, above every name, name. in the name of Jesus. Now shout praise unto him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, glory. In the name of Jesus, for those who are watching over the internet, I declare to you victory. I declare to you healing. I declare to you courage. I declare to you strength. I declare to you blessing. I declare to you abundance of supply because I hear him saying, I am Jesus. I am. Nobody else, just me. A few years ago, there was some guy in Asia that came walking along with long hair and long white robes and sandals and tens of thousands of people followed him because he ran around saying he was Jesus. And I seen him on television. I said, "Nope, that's not him." I said, "That's not him," or because I said, "I don't know him. I know Jesus. When he comes, I won't have any trouble knowing him. <laughs> He's in me." The same Jesus that went away is coming back and he won't sneak in through Asia. He'll come in the clouds of glory. I'm a feeling good, Trina. I'm a feeling good. Can I tell you I'm a feeling good? Hallelujah. Abby, I'm a feeling good. Sarah, I'm a feeling good. Brooke, I'm a feeling good. Hello, Brittany. I'm a feeling good. Sam, I'm feeling good. Moo, I'm feeling good. Nick, I'm a feeling good. Hey Josh, I'm a feeling good. Gail, I'm a feeling good. I'm just enjoying it because I heard him say, I am Jesus. John in prison said, Are you the one or should we look for another? He said, You go back and tell him. The blind see, the deaf hear, the lame are walking and the dead are raised. You know what he was saying? Tell him, I am Jesus. Hallelujah. And he hadn't changed. (laughs) What are you doing, preacher? It ain't me. I told you, my message is in the notebook. (laughs) Ha ha. he wants you to hear him he wants you to get a hold of this in the midst of your storm in the midst of your trouble he wants you to hear I am Jesus hallelujah oh Saul was never the same never maybe you're never going to be the same <laughs> you don't have to be you're going to hear him saying I am Jesus I am. I am. Hallelujah. Now we need to do some kind of altar service. I don't know how to do it. Just gonna follow me. Alright. I'm gonna follow the Lord. You've got trouble, come down here. You got a problem, come down here. You need something, come down here. Come social distancing, come wearing masks, come however you want to, just come down here. I need God to take care of this. Come down here. Come on now. Don't wait. I need God to move. Come down here. Set our hearts on you, Lord
0: come we hope you enjoyed today's message And we'll tune in again next time Raising the Standard is the media ministry Of the Richmond House of Prayer In Richmond, Kentucky For more information on the various Outreaches and ministries of the Richmond House of Prayer Please visit our website at www.arhop.life Thanks for listening